Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one for 32 years, mom to eight, Nana to seven, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. A while back, I mentioned that I'm going to start doing devotionals again. Now, I did this, uh, if you've been with me for a while and following me for a while, you know I've done devotionals off and on, and I've given them the title Unhurried Grace. So if you go to the podcast page um, and you go in the search bar and you put in Unhurried Grace, you'll see a whole bunch of devotionals there as well. If you'd like to go back and listen to those episodes, I sure love that little search bar feature on my website. Uh, Thank you to my son, Luke, for creating that. But today, I'm going to be talking about being still and knowing that he is God. Now, one of the reasons that I decided to go back to the podcasts um, and doing devotional podcasts is because I firmly believe that most of us have had at least some of our foundation shaken over the last 20 months or so. Um, it's been very an interesting journey for me as well. I've been a Christian my whole life, and yet there are pieces of my theology and foundation that apparently needed some shaking. And so I have really been just learning so much in terms of you know, God's sovereignty. And these are things I knew, but now I'm applying in a new season. And this is what the Lord does is he takes these things and he, uh, the basic principles that we just revisit over and over again throughout different seasons. And so I've been just loving doing a lot more reading because I can now that the kids are mostly grown. And so my heart is to share with you the things that the Lord is showing me along the way to maybe help firm up your foundation as well, because we're walking through some really interesting times. And I see, we see lots of what we would call negative things going on for absolute sure. But there are a lot of really amazing things that God is doing. I kind of feel like he He runs under the surface and, and sort of under the radar a lot of the time. And there's been this shakening and this awakening in the church. And it's been exciting. Other times it's been disappointing because some of the people that I thought were firm um, and and people I respected, I realized did not have the kind of worldview, biblical worldview that I have. And so it's been very eye-opening. It's been very... Um, enlightening. And I do believe that God is doing something amazing right now. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I'm sure you all have been affected either directly or indirectly by what's gone on in our world over the last 20 months. And while it can feel very negative in many ways, uh, we know that the events like these are not random. And I think that's one of the most important things I want to bring across. We have a God who is sovereign over all of these events, these things that we have no control over, okay? We know he's sovereign over them while simultaneously working in and through them, not only to fulfill his grand plan, but also to work everything out for our good as believers. So what does that mean? What is our good? 
Well, ultimately, I think God's greatest concern is for our souls. It's for our sanctification. So that's kind of a big term. So in case you're not familiar with it, I'd like to give you the definition. It is the act of God's grace by which the affections are purified and the soul is cleansed from sin and consecrated to God. It's becoming more and more like Jesus. It's it's also defined as the state of being sanctified, purified, or made holy in conformity to the heart and life, conformity of the heart and life to the will of God. And so his will for us is good. He wants to make us more and more like Christ because as we become more and more like Christ, we are more and more at peace. We more and more and more brightly shine his light reflect his image. We are image bearers. Um, We are salt and light that much more effectively when we are becoming more and more like him. So even in my own life, I mentioned before, God has been doing something new on many fronts. Um, And it's interesting because one of the things that happened is I experienced some burnout. I think I explained that in one of the podcasts recently. The burnout that I've experienced over uh, from the last year, year and a half of just all the things that have gone on and um, not just in the world, but just in my own life, exciting things, fun things, but just definitely have pushed myself. And so the Lord sort of has dialed everything back and sort of like, you know, eliminated uh, my higher energy level. So very, very low energy level, which is coming back, by the way. But in that process, I was telling my husband, it's like a sort of a disabling. Um, and I was reminded of that um, that verse in the New Testament that talks about not putting new wine in old wineskins, right? We have to put new wine into new wineskins. And so God is working on creating a new wineskin and he wants to pour new wine into the new wine skin. And I also uh, thought of it this way. This just came to my mind, and I really felt like it was from the Lord. Of course, I was talking to my husband, so it, it sort of spoke his language. But when you're rewiring a house, you can't leave the power on. You have to turn the power off first before you can work on rewiring and or updating the wiring, and then you can turn the power back on. And so I feel like that's what's been going on in my life. But it also reminds me of that verse in the scripture that talks about before a seed can bear fruit, it has to fall into the ground and die. So dying to ourselves is hard. It's not romantic, and it's certainly not painless. But I believe, I know in my own life, God is calling me to more and more dying to myself. But the great thing in the midst of dying to ourselves and going through this, these trials that we're walking through um, is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even though I'm struggling off and on and sometimes my emotions aren't where they should be, my mind isn't maybe where it should be, my attitude isn't where it should be because God is working and I'm sometimes fighting it, you know? Remembering that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever is so remarkably comforting, especially when the world is changing around us so quickly, okay? The other thing that I keep remembering is that his mercies are new every morning. He knew before the beginning of time that we would be living in this time. He purposely placed us during this time in history, and he wants 
to do a work in and through us, but we can be confident that he has new morning mercies, new mercies every morning for whatever we are facing that day. The other thing I've been reminded of, kind of the same in turn, uh, sort of the same in terms of God being unchanging, is that there is nothing new under the sun. We think we're experiencing something so phenomenal and it's never happened before. But I have been reading and listening to a lot of just historical um, accounts of things that have gone on in the past. And you know what? You guys, we're not alone. We're not the first ones to walk through this and we won't be the last. Many have gone before us. You know, we can look back at the, um, you know, that at our the apostles. We can look back at different people throughout history who have faced difficulties and stood strongly in their faith, and we can be inspired by that. And if nothing else, we know we're not alone and that God will equip us. So today I want to go through Psalm 46 because it was a psalm that the Lord just kept bringing me back to a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, you know what? I think that's the first one that I want to revisit when we go back to these um, devotional podcasts. So I'm going to read through it read through it first, and then I'm going to go back and expound on um, on some of these things taken from my, my notes and uh, some other resources. So um, hang in there and listen in. The whole point of this psalm is that the psalmist is inviting confidence in the Lord because the citizens of Zion enjoy his protection. Okay, the citizens of Zion Um, if you want to apply it to today, to us, is, is us. We are citizens of Zion. So here we go. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. Does this sound familiar? God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So let's go back through for just take just a few minutes to go back through these verses. So we talk about God. It talks about God being our refuge and our strength. So he's not only the place that we hide, he's the place where we find strength and he is always ready to help in times of trouble. There is no time that he is not ready to help us. And because of this, we don't need to fear When earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea, you get the whole imagery here where it feels like their world is just imploding, right? Felt that along the way in the last 20 months, right? Let the, it says, let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble as the waters 
surge. A river brings joy to the city of God. So you think about a river. It's a calm and peaceful. I mean, it moves, it moves, but it moves very peacefully and slowly, typically. But the whole um, sort of idea here is this calm and peaceful river, which contrasts or contrasts with the turbulent water outside the city. And that represents the powers of the nations. So you think about the turbulence amongst the nations, including our own, going on all around us. And here the psalmist is saying, a river brings joy to the city of our God. That's us. We've got this. We are part of the city of God. The city of God is who we are. We are one and the same. So this river, this calm, peaceful river, um, brings us joy. This is from the Lord. This is for us. And he calls it the sacred home of the Most High, right? Christ, God himself, lives in us. So this is where we can exist. It says God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed, right? This is the strong city where God dwells. He protects its inhabitants. In other words, we are protected by the living God. You know, sometimes I think we think of ourselves as, you know, we're in this world and we feel like we're all part of all the, um, just the, the, the turbulence and all of that because we are here. But God is saying he has a safe place for us, a place where we can go. And it's, it's a place where we're protected. And this is all has to do with this inner turbulence, whether we, we let this turbulence that's going on out here become turbulence inside or whether we're going to trust that God will protect us and ask him for that protection because we know we can, because he dwells in us. And, and then it goes on to say, from the very break of day, God will protect it. So the Lord will protect the place where his name dwells, namely in us individually and not just individually, but as the church universal. And when I say that, I mean the church all across the world, but also the church past, present, and future. He promises to preserve the church. The church will not be extinguished. And then in verse six, it says, the nations are in chaos. And their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. And I want to read that note in my NLT study Bible on that particular verse. It says, people and nations live in chaos, characterized by, this is going to sound familiar, opportunism, busyness, and noise. This is one of the reasons I'm constantly encouraging you moms to slow down, not to be overly busy. And I don't just mean your schedule. You know, that's something that really reflects our hearts. So I heard someone say once that um, busy is your calendar and um, hurry is the state of your heart. And so we want to keep an un hurried heart. So people and nations live in chaos characterized by opportunism, busyness, and noise. Just wah, 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 right? We're hearing it all the time. These people shake, totter, and crumble, unlike the city of God. In contrast, when the godly feel disturbed, they cry out to the Lord for help. Let's not forget to cry out to the Lord. We can say the verses, but if we're not 
actually crying out to the Lord and asking him for what we need. It's not really prayer, right? We need to pour our hearts out to the Lord. So then in verse seven, it says, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Our hope is in him. Our hope is not in our nation going back to the way it was two years ago. Our hope is not in um, a different president, although I would love that. That's not where our hope lies. Our hope lies in the Lord. You know, one of the ways that we can kind of gauge whether we have put our hope in something else is to think about um, if we never have that thing, what ha- how do we feel inside? Are we distressed, despairing, hopeless? then we may very well be putting our hope in something other than the Lord. And so that's something to think about. Verse 8 says, Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. This is just just showing his sovereignty and his power. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Again, just more imagery of his power. Verse 10, this is where I really want to camp for just about three minutes. Be still and know that I am God. This is God talking to us. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Verse 11, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So let's camp out on 10 for just a few minutes. Verse 10. Okay, so that verse, be still and know that I am God, is not so much about meditation as it is about mediation of God's kingdom in the heart of faith. So there's a command here to be still. It actually comes from the uh, Hebrew word rapha, meaning to be weak, to let go, to release. So it's more than just being quiet. It is literally about letting ourselves be weak. Let, letting go, releasing. It's, it's freedom from self-sufficiency. It can actually be better translated as cause yourselves to let go or let yourselves become weak. Think about that word weak, that word weak in another verse that says, in our weakness, he is made strong. So what we want to do is allow ourselves to die to self and die to self-sufficiency. And I have found myself there so many times with all that's gone on around us and just in my own personal life. Cause ourselves to let go. Let ourselves become weak because the world tells us we need to be strong. We need to be self-sufficient. God's word is telling us the polar opposite. Be still and know that I am God. Okay, so to what end are we being still, letting go, surrendering, and dying to ourselves? To what end are we doing this? Well, um, if you go back to the Hebrew, um, it is, it means literally, in order to know that God is in control. So in other words, we let go so that we can objectively know the saving power of God's and God in our lives. What does that mean? To know, to objectively know is 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 observable, to have observable facts rather than feelings or um, just opinions. In other words, we want to experience God. So we let go in order to experience God. When we experience him, that is when 
redemption and restoration and transformation happen. We stop trusting in ourselves. We, we just lay down that, that tendency. You know, we have to do this over and over and over again, but we give up trusting in ourselves and in our own agenda, our own ideas about how things need to be in order to experience the all-sufficiency of the glory of God. And so when we surrender to that absolute truth, that the Lord God of Israel is in complete control of this world, we will find peace and be delivered from our temporal fears. And so in doing so, we are setting our minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. And, and our life is then hidden with Christ in God. And so this be still and know that I am God, I would love for you to just, just meditate on that to pray through that, to ask the Lord to help you to be still and know that He is God, to surrender, to die to yourself, and to to let go, to cause yourself to let go, to let yourself become weak. That can be a real battle. I know I have been battling it myself, but every time I cry out to the Lord and ask Him to help me to do that, He is so faithful. Moms, we can't do this without Him. But praise God for the the victorious message throughout this psalm. So I encourage you to go and read it for yourself. I will share a couple of the resources that I used um, to sort of um, to convey these uh, um, these thoughts and and some of the Hebrew meaning behind um, behind some of the words. And I hope that you are encouraged today and that you will also set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That doesn't mean we're so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good, but instead we are putting our hands to work to do the things that God has placed in front of us, knowing that we are glorifying him every time we change a diaper, every time we correct a child, every time we do a math lesson, every time we fold a load of laundry. You guys, I can't imagine being a mom and not being a believer. Because I'm telling you, not having having Jesus makes all the difference in the world because it gives meaning to what we do. Everything we do counts before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because we belong to Him and we're image bearers and we are reflecting His glory in every little thing we do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. For your goodness to us. We thank you for just the wonderful message throughout Psalm 46. And I ask that the moms who are listening would meditate on and Lord, that you would bring back to their minds the specific things that were said today that um, you want them to remember and meditate on. Lord, I pray for just a blessing over every mom who's listening. I pray that you would just fill her home with your peace and your presence, Lord. Um, bless all that she puts her hand to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.